0: Good morning, everyone. It's time to start. We're running a little late today. Welcome those who are online. It's Boxing Day. Did you go shopping already this morning for your big Boxing Day sales? Did you go out there, fight the crowds and argue and punch people and all that kind of stuff? Hopefully not, all right? We're in the house of the Lord now, ready to go for church, and we had a great uh, Christmas Eve, and I hope you enjoyed your Christmas together. I got a few notes to read this morning to start out. Our church um, has been a, a great position as of late to help out in different areas of need, and we've had been able to send some money on behalf of our church to a couple different organizations. Uh, Mike Danluck is pastor up in uh, at Cambridge, in Cambridge at Beacon Baptist Church, and because we haven't had a help program for a number of years, we use used some of our help program money to help other churches, and so we were able to do some uh, John and Romans for them to hand out. We have a nice note here from him thanking us uh, for the generous gift and the gospel tracts in John and Romans, and appreciate it. Uh, uh, how we're helping them reach their community w- with the gospel, and just uh, thankful to Bible Baptist Church. So I want you to know on behalf of, Bible Bat- uh, of Beacon Baptist Church, that so Pastor Denelec like said thank you for those things that we were able to send to him. And then also we have a, a letter here from Canadian Baptist Bible College out in Manitoba. They have a small Bible college out there, and they had some uh, renovations they need done on their men's dorm right away, and they asked for uh, churches to bond together. And so we were able to send $1,500 from our mission fund out there, and we have a nice uh, letter here. Uh, thanking, expressing their uh, gratitude for helping out uh, to meet those needs at the Canadian Baptist Bible. It's great to invest in young men who want to preach the gospel. So we need more and more of that. And so we invested some of the money from your missions giving uh, to those two projects. And now we're taking our Christmas offering. All right. So if you want to give toward that, that is to give toward um, a need down in St. Lucia for Our Lady's House. We have the $1,000 already in hand. We'll send it off to them right away. And now we're raising money for the Nibby family and some gospel outreach over in Romania, and so if you want to give to that, you can designate that on your giving as Christmas offering, you can give that through the offering box, or also uh, through uh, an e-transfer online, if you have any questions about that, I'll be glad to answer all those things for you, just a reminder that tonight, there is no evening service, right, so don't come back at 6 o'clock, there's no evening uh, Bible study tonight, Uh, we'll take the day off, and then back to our regular scheduled services, obviously there's no uh, small groups this week either, that's all for this week, and We'll tell you more about that as we move into the new year. We'll meet next time. It will be 2022, a brand new year. All right, so we can say today when we leave, we'll see you next year, right? And we'll have a have a good week together, and we'll be back tomorrow next week in the house of the Lord. Uh, So just encourage you to be involved in all this we have going on not much right now enjoy some family time And then we'll get geared up bearing precious seed is on hold right now as well We won't have any bearing precious seed for a few weeks, and then we're going to start up uh, in the new year Uh, Heading into the province of Alberta we mailed to all of British Columbia in one year Every home in British Columbia was mailed to from uh, bearing precious seed in one year We have a generous donation uh, from a man in the States that's offered to match uh, those donations So we're receiving money all the time now Every every day, almost, we're getting another check. People giving toward that online through our, our different uh, means of receiving. So God's been blessing, bearing precious seed. God's been blessing the Bible Baptist Church, and so today we're looking forward to what God's going to do here in the house of the Lord. We're going to have our trio come sing for us at this time. We'll begin our service. Is that right, trio? No. Okay. <laughs> <That's>
1: right. <laughs> All right. Good morning. Welcome again to church this morning. Hope you had a merry Christmas. And uh, we're looking forward to worshiping the Lord today. We're going to have to sing a little louder with a little bit more energy. No doubt we're probably a little bit tired from the holidays and all the turkey and, you know, everything we enjoyed. So uh, we're going to stand together in just a moment. Uh, But I want you to think about this as we begin to sing this morning. Uh, For thousands and thousands of years, the children of God, the people of God, looked forward to the promised coming King. And so yesterday we got to celebrate Christmas and the fact that We serve a God who keeps his promises and that he loved us enough to send his son to come to this earth to live among us and to die for us. And so because of that, in the midst of a crazy world, we can have love from the father. We can have peace with each other and with God because God loved us enough to send his son. And so we want to stand together this morning and sing joy to the world. The Lord is come. And let's think about that this morning. Joy to the world.
2: and plains, repeat the sounding joy, repeat the sounding joy, repeat, repeat the sounding joy. No more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings low, far as the curse is found. Far as the curse is found, far as, far as the curse. Is found. So in that last verse. He rules the world. He rules the world with truth and grace, and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness, and wonders of his love, and wonders of his love, and. wonders Wonders, wonders of
1: His love. Amen. You may be seated for just a moment. We're excited this morning to have Peyton Simmons. She's going to come, and she's going to play Oh Holy Night for us on the piano this morning. thank you so much Peyton that was beautiful all right let's all stand again we're gonna continue to worship God this morning let's stand and sing heaven came down and glory filled my soul that's what Christmas is all about that heaven came down for us and so let's sing it out together oh what a wonderful wonderful day
2: tender compassionate friend he met the need of my heart shadows dispelling with joy i am telling he made all the darkness depart heaven came down and glory filled my soul spirit with life from above into god's family divine justified fully through calvary's love all understanding is mine and the transaction so quickly was made when at the sinner i came took of the offer of grace he did proffer he saved me all oh, praise his dear name Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. When at the cross the Savior made me whole. My sins were washed away, and my night was turned to day. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. Listen that last verse, now I have a hope. Of time, I have a future in heaven secure, there in those mansions sublime. So and it's because of that wonderful day when at the cross I believed, which is eternal and blessings supernal. Whom His precious hand I received, heaven came down and glory filled my soul. Nine was turned to day. Heaven came down.
1: song we're going to sing I think is important to sing today uh, because it's very easy for us in the hustle and bustle and busyness of the holidays to get lost and, and to miss what the true reason for Christmas is all about. And so let's think about these words and sing together. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. Let's lift it up together.
2: Oh, soul, are you weary and troubled? His
1: word. to sing now for us, they're going to sing a song called King of Kings.
3: Appreciate that. All right. If you would, please take your Bibles. Turn to Psalm 71. Psalm 71. All right. How was everybody's Christmas? Spectacular, great, wonderful. Well, let me ask this question. What were you hoping to get for Christmas? What were you hoping to get for Christmas? Snow? Snow? One godly person in this room. (laughs) I agree with that statement. All right, I know everybody can't tell me everything that they wanted to get for Christmas, but let me ask you this. Did you get what you wanted for Christmas? Did you get what you wanted for Christmas? I got a lot of yeses. All right. I remember as a kid being so excited about Christmas that I could not sleep. I mean, every Christmas Eve, we would, we, my parents would never, I think one time in all the years growing up, did they let us open a present on Christmas Eve. And so it was always early Christmas morning that we would get up. But So I knew that uh, I could get up pretty much whatever time I wanted and go wake everybody up. And then there came the rule, nothing before 6 a.m., unfortunately. But I remember being so excited, eager anticipation of what I was going to get for Christmas. I could not handle it. It was overwhelming to me. And my mom was spectacular at Christmas. She was amazing at building our anticipation, okay? She would lie, she would cheat, and she would steal, and she'd probably murder if she had to, but she would do anything she could do in order to to push us off the scent. She would want to make it something so special. And then she would say, literally say this, I'll be at the altar at church tomorrow <laughs> for all of the lying and everything that she would do. I remember this one time there was this huge box that had my name, name on it in the back, by the corner behind the tree. And like all the kids are like, what is it? What is it? I'm like, I don't know, but it has my name on it. And I'm so bummed. Obviously, bigger gift, The more excited you are, right? I had no idea. We were, we always made lists, always. So we'd make our Christmas list out and what we want and all those different things. And I remember thinking, I don't remember asking for anything that big. And my parents were really good about getting us other things that maybe we had said throughout the year, all kinds of different things. But uh, this box literally took years off of my life from the anxiety of what it was going to be. And I remember Christmas morning, you know, couldn't sleep all night, wondering what is in that box. We go through all the presents, right? And uh, the way we did it, one of the siblings would be Santa, and so Santa would deliver all the presents to everybody, and so I'm sitting there and getting all these stinking little gifts, right? Sure, they were good, but I didn't care, right? I don't remember anything else I got, but this box was there. Finally, they said, all right you can open the box. We moved the Christmas tree, got the box out of there. I mean, it's a big box. And I remember ripping it open, popping the box open and looking down inside and there's another package way down in the bottom. To tell you how big this box was, I not, obviously I'm a little bit bigger than I was then, but I climbed inside of the box. I could fit the entire box. I opened up the next package and guess what it was? was not another box. It was actually a pair of hockey skates, which I really wanted. But I was a little slightly disappointed <laughs> with how big this box was. And now it's a running joke. My brother will do all kinds of crazy things. He will duct tape the box, not just the seam, the whole box. So that you cannot rip it open, you have to ask for a knife or scissors or something. So it's this constant now running joke just to get going into presents. We love presents and giving gifts at our house. Eager anticipation. I remember that Christmas so vividly because I was hoping for something spectacular. And I wasn't disappointed. We had some amazing gifts. I was really excited about actually getting a pair of hockey skates. I needed a new pair. But do you guys remember any Christmases like that? Anything, I mean, Christmas is fun, it's so much fun to have all these memories, and are, we have all these memories from when we were children, it's great. Now let me ask this, do you have any Christmases like that that you remember as an adult? Maybe one, maybe two. Listen, just about every Christmas was like this for us. I could tell you another story about my first, the first gun I got. My mom lied to me and said it was for my dad, and it had my dad's name on it. Listen, every Christmas we had something spectacular. Maybe you didn't grow up in a home like that, but listen, it was so spectacular for me as a kid. But as an adult, I'll be honest, I don't lose sleep at night over Christmas anymore. Maybe you're like me. I mean, I enjoy Christmas, I enjoy getting my kids gifts, but I don't lose sleep. I don't have that same eager anticipation. So let me ask you, why do you think it is that as we get older our expectations dwindle. Why do you think that is? You, know, you don't necessarily have to give me an answer out loud, but just think about that. Why, as we get older, do our expectations dwindle? Christmas just doesn't have the same draw that it once had. Now, my wife buys me some awesome gifts. I'm not trying to diminish that. It just doesn't have the same expectation. Why does this happen? Well, I think there's all kinds of reasons. Most of adults think, well, I don't really need anything anymore. Right, like I don't really want anything. Uh, I I really I really don't depend on anybody. You remember, like the Christmas gifts that we bought his kids were dollar store gifts. Like I remember buying my dad so many dollar store tools that I'm sure he was frustrated. Like why am I getting all of these things, right? And 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 we that's all we could afford. But listen, my parents could afford some amazing things, and I'm so thankful for that. Maybe as an adult you think, well, I don't really need to trust in them anymore. Maybe, maybe you don't need people to buy you things anymore, or you don't need anything anymore. Maybe you think it's a childish thing to hope for things like that for Christmas. And that's for the kids. I don't know, all kinds of different reasons. Maybe uh, you just think uh, that, listen, Christmas isn't that big of a deal anymore. I don't know, but all I know is as we get older, our expectation dwindles. Have you ever considered this, that it's just an eroded mindset over the years? That just over the years, your mindset just kind of erodes to where Christmas is no longer that same excitement. It didn't happen overnight. I don't know where the breaking point was, because there probably wasn't. It was just kind of a bending. Slowly, over time, my mindset just eroded. You stopped hoping, you stopped expecting, and so now Christmas is fun, but there's no longer that earnest expectation as adults. And no, I'm not here to talk about opening presents. I think the reality is this same thing happens to us with God. I think the same thing happens to us with God. Over the years, like when we first get saved, when we first know Christ, maybe even as a child, man, we're excited. We have a huge expectation as to what God can do, the power that God has, the amazing things that he can do. We read the Bible with real faith like, wow, God split the Red Sea wide open. Wow, God provided manna for them. Wow, God gave Paul this ability. Wow, God raised Lazarus from the dead. Wow, God healed this blind person. We look at the Bible with great eager anticipation and great expectation expectation we just go wow but as we get older older in the faith or even older as adults we just kind of dwindles that expectation dwindles we think well you know that was good for that time and you know the book of acts wow what a powerful book but that's not really going to happen anymore in our time and slowly 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 our expectations dwindle with God we have so many things that we used to believe that he could accomplish in our lives, but after a while, and after holding on to that hope for years and years, our mindset erodes until we no longer hope in him, really, whatsoever. Maybe an occasional blip on the radar where, oh, maybe God could accomplish something. And then what happens is this: we get depressed, and we get anxious. And you know how kids have that twinkle in their eye over Christmas? It's awesome. I love it. Listen, as adults, that light begins to fade. The same thing happens with God. We are excited. We have this light bright in our eyes. And over time, that light begins to fade. Before long, we lose hope in everything. And we just are living life. And most of us think, well, that's just the way life is as an adult. <laughs> Let me ask you something this morning what are you hoping in right now what are you hoping for right now the list could go on and on and on i'm sure but let me ask you specifically i think all of you have something specific in your mind that you're hoping for you're looking forward to you have an earnest expectation toward what are you hoping for right now let me ask this question maybe what have you lost hope in ah that's never gonna happen have you lost hope hope in let me ask this question is it possible to hope again is it possible some mixed reviews on that question is it possible to have a childlike twinkle in our eye about the whole world is it possible is it possible to change our eroded mindset is it possible for an adult to get excited about christmas again Is it possible for you to have hope again about that thing in which you've lost hope? Psalm chapter 71 is a psalm of hope. It's a psalm that rejoices in hope. And I believe if we will let it, Psalm 71 will be a guidebook for restoring, restoring our hope. If you will allow it. I want to give you three statements this morning on restoring your hope and changing your mindset. Psalm 71. The Bible says, in verse 1, the Bible says this, In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be put to confusion. Deliver me in thy righteousness, and cause me to escape. Incline thine ear unto me, and save me. Be thou my strong habitation, whereunto I may continually resort. Thou hast given commandment to save me, for Thou art my rock and my fortress. Deliver me, O oh my God, out of the hand of the wicked, out of the hand of the unrighteous and cruel man. For Thou art my hope, O oh Lord God. Thou art my trust from my youth. Let's have a word of prayer we'll dive into this passage. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to be here this morning. And Father, I pray that you would continue to protect us, keep us safe. But Father, most of all, we would continue to look to you, that we would turn our eyes upon Jesus. Father, I pray that as we look at this passage, we would have hope restored. Your will would be accomplished in our lives. We love you so much in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to understand this morning that I believe hope is possible. Hope is possible. I want to give you three statements. The first statement is this. Hope is directly proportional to faith. Hope is directly proportional to faith. Now, I want you just to think about that, and maybe you think, well, yeah, duh. If you Don't hope in something, then you have no faith in anything. Hope is directly proportional to faith. Let me show you, in thee, O Lord, do I put my trust, verse one. Jump down to verse five. For thou art my hope, O Lord God, for, or excuse me, thou art my trust. Thou art my hope, thou art my trust. Thou art my hope, thou art my trust. Hope is directly proportional to faith. Hear me, if there is no faith, there is no hope. If there is no faith, there is no hope. If there is great faith, there is great hope. Very simple, very down to earth. Hope is directly proportional to faith. Now, going back to my Christmas, okay? I had faith that I was going to receive an amazing present. I had faith in that. Therefore, because I had faith in that, guess what I was? Extremely hopeful that I was going to receive an amazing present. And guess what else that did? That got me all geared up. That got the adrenaline pumping. That got the mind racing. So much so that I could not sleep. I was so excited because of my faith that I was gonna get, I couldn't see what was underneath that thing. I couldn't see what was in the wrapping paper. I couldn't see all of that, but I had faith that I was going to get something amazing and therefore I had great hope. Here's the deal. Most of the time, we don't believe that something is going to happen, and so we don't get hopeful. We don't believe that something is going to happen, and so we don't get hopeful. We don't believe because we say this, we don't want to get our hopes up. Listen, I hear adults say that all the time, especially about children. I say that. I don't want to get their hopes up say it all the time because we don't believe that something's going to happen we don't want to get our hopes up because we've been disappointed too many times this happens to us on a daily basis happens in all kinds of different areas we'll have some good news come in about our job and we say things like this i don't want to get my hopes up but when we're single used to be single, and we had someone who was interested in us, we would say, I don't want to get my hopes up, but we might say something like this, making really good time on the 401, driving, everything's going really well. You might lean to your wife or whoever's sitting next to you and say, I don't want to get my hopes up, but we're we're making really good time. We say things like this and we struggle to get our hopes up because far too often, just up the road on the 401 is Toronto traffic. And you know that you're not getting through that anytime soon. So no, you don't want to jinx it. You don't want to get your hopes up. You don't want to put yourself out there. You sit there in traffic or you sit there in a broken relationship or you sit there with the same old job that you've always had. Again, this manifests itself in ways we don't even want to talk about. In fact, most people won't go to a counselor and talk about some things that they've had disappointment in their life. Hey, my father left me when I was a child, and so I have trust issues. I've been disappointed. I've been hurt in a relationship before, and so therefore I can't reach out to another person. I can't open myself up for that hurt again, scared to enter into another relationship. And here's the deal, is we genuinely, as adults, because over time our mindset erodes and because of certain circumstances that happens, we don't want to get our hopes up because we don't want to get hurt again. So let me encourage you, if you have a struggle hoping, it's natural. It's normal, but I want you to understand, hope is directly proportional to faith. Here's another statement, if you want to change your mindset about hope, you have to trust. Hear me, if you want to change your mindset about hope, you have to trust. But there's a problem. The problem is this, we get a little bit confused. Look at verse 1 again. This is important, don't miss this. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Watch this, let me never be put Through confusion. Do you ever wonder why the Bible says what it says? you ever wonder, like, what does this have to do anything? Why is this even here? Let me never be put to confusion. If you're in the habit of writing things down, write this down. Confusion fogs faith. Confusion fogs faith. Think about this. If you've ever been in fog, okay, if you've ever walked through fog... I've had the privilege of doing that. And I remember one morning I was walking through the fog. It was dark. I had a headlamp. And I was trying to get to this certain spot in the woods. And I knew that I had to walk all the way through this one particular trail. And then I would hit water. I would walk around the water and be right to the spot I wanted to get. I got lost. And, like, I've walked this tens of times. 20, 30 times. I've done it so many times, I know where I'm going. But listen, in a fog, everything looks different. And what happens is, guess what? You get what? Confused. There was actually three little lakes, and I hit the wrong lake. And I was way off the beaten path. Very frustrating. Here's the problem. Number two, here's the second statement. Our hope is not for something but in something. Listen, I ask you, what are you hoping for? All of us have hopes. All of us have dreams. All of us have things that we want to accomplish or things that we want to happen. We have hopes, but here's the problem. We get confused. Our hope is not for something, but in someone. Notice verse one again with me. In thee, what? O oh Lord, do I put my trust. Who is, who is his faith in? Who is his hope in? It's in the Lord. Verse 5. Excuse me, verse 3. Be thou my strong habitation, whereunto I may continually resort. Thou hast given commandment and saved, to save me, for thou art my rock and my fortress. Verse 5. For thou art my hope, O Lord God. Thou art my trust from my youth. And listen, you could go through this entire chapter and see the same thing over and over and over and over again. Listen, David didn't want to be confused. He didn't want his hope for something. He wanted his hope in someone. And this is where we go wrong. We get confused. The psalmist's trust was not in something that would happen or something that he would get. It was in someone who could do something about the things that he wanted to get. Think about this. If I did not have faith in my parents, think about this. If I did not have faith in my parents, my hope for an amazing gift would not be very high. I'm sure there's some people that listen to this think, well, I didn't really have that great a parent's. I didn't really get those kind of gifts. Listen, my heart breaks for you. I understand that I was very lucky to grow up the way that I did, but I want you to understand something. I trusted my parents. It wasn't that I just trusted that I was gonna get some random gift. Listen, we have this idea that if you just believe it hard enough, it will happen. Listen, we've got it all wrong. We're put to confusion. The point is not to believe in something, but to believe in someone. So often we allow confusion to fog our faith. We think that we are looking for a desired outcome in our lives and we have our plans finalized, we have things figured out and the problem is we never take into account God. We never take into account God. I remember as a teenager, planning my life out, got it all figured out, Got it all, places where I'm going to go, things that I'm going to do. I had it all figured out, but the problem was I never factored in God. And Here's the deal. What happens is we often don't get our desired outcome, right? Anybody been disappointed? Yeah. We don't get our desired outcome. So then what do we do? Guess what we start doing? You're good Christian people, Right? So what do you start doing? You start praying to God for the desired outcome. Come on, God. This is what I planned for my life. This is what I wanted. Here's the direction that I'm going. This is what I want to do. Here we go. Come on now. Give it to me. You said that you would provide for all my needs. You said that you were going to be with me. You would never leave me nor forsake me. We begin quoting scripture to God saying, God, this is your time. Give me my desired outcome. If you're like me, What happens is God doesn't give you the desired outcome. And so what happens is you begin to blame God and you begin to tell him that he is no longer trustworthy. God, you didn't give me what I wanted. You didn't put me in the direction that I thought I was supposed to go. You've stopped something. And I tell you, when we do that, we have confused the someone with the something. And vice versa. We have confused the something with the someone Listen, every single one of us sits in this room or online, we all have desired outcomes. We do. We all have things that we want to go a certain way. But let me ask you this question. What if it doesn't? What if it doesn't go a certain way? Does it mean that God is not trustworthy? Is that what it means? Does it mean that God is not in control? Does it mean that God does not know what he's doing? No, of course not. The fact is he absolutely knows what he's doing. The problem is, back to number one, we don't trust. Number two, we get it confused. We have hope for something instead of in someone Romans chapter 8 and verse 28, most of you would know this. And we know that all things work together for good. To them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Man, I've quoted that verse I don't know how many times. Trying to encourage someone. Trying to help someone. The reality is, we look at this verse and go, okay God, you have to give me what I want now. Because you said it's going to work out for my good. That's not what the verse says. Verses that all things will work out together for good. Not for your, how you think is good, but for your good. First Corinthians chapter two and verse nine, but as it is written, "I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love Him. Hear me, God has a plan for your life that you have no idea about. I'll be honest. I'd never heard of St. Thomas, Ontario. Never. I had no idea. Now, I wasn't a typical American and thought that everybody in Canada lived in igloos. I knew that that was different. But I want you to understand something. Listen, God will do something with your life, He has a plan for your life that you can't imagine. Think about that. You can't actually imagine it. I have not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered in the mind of, or the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for them. You have no idea. Here's the problem. You have to trust Him to make that plan work. Listen, when I wrote down my Christmas list, I had to trust my parents. That whether they got the things on the Christmas list or not, I had to trust them that they were going to do what was good and right for me. And listen, this goes far beyond Christmas. I remember some of the rules that my parents had. One of the rules that my parents had was I could not go anywhere unless there was going to be an adult there. Not just any adult. One of the parents of the children that I was going to play with or spend time with or hang out with listen I hated that rule because that kept me from a lot of stuff but you know what you know what they had they had a plan for me and I had to trust that they knew what they were talking about I look back on my life and I am so thankful for that rule now and you can, you can think, oh, I, I don't ever want to grow up that way. I wish my parents would have uh, been hands off. Listen, I don't know, but I know this. My parents loved me. My parents wanted the best for me. And so guess what? I had to trust my parents because I had no idea. We have to trust. Trust that God has a plan and that he's going to make that plan work. Yes, hear me, this means COVID. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought, man, this stinks? Have you ever thought, man, I can't wait to get back to normal? Have you ever thought, man, I can't wait to fill in the blank? Listen, we have a hope that this is all going to end someday. Listen, what if it doesn't? I don't mean to be doom and gloom, but I'm just asking. is, Is God still God? Does God have a plan for your life? Does God have something going on in your life that you just think, all right God, what is it that you want me to accomplish with my life? My my hope is not for something, it's in someone. Listen, I have all kinds of hopes and dreams. All kinds of them. Hear me, God is in control. Yes, this just might mean a parent walking out on you. Yes, this might mean a broken relationship. Listen, I don't know what it is But I know God has a plan. God has molded and shaped and gotten you to the point where you are right now for a purpose. Don't get confused. This just might mean a number of things that are out of your control. If you're in the habit of writing things down, write this down. If you want to change your mindset, you have to trust God. If you want to change your mindset, you have to trust God. God. And you might say this, well, I just don't know if he's all that trustworthy. I've, I've trusted him before and he's disappointed. I want to give you the third statement and it is this, hope remembers the greatness. Hope remembers the greatness. Look at verse 6. The Bible says this, by thee have I been holding up from the womb thou art he that took me out of my mother's bowels my praise shall be continually of thee i am as a wonder unto many but thou art my strong refuge let my mouth be filled with thy praise and with thy honor all the day jump down to verse 14 But I will hope continually and will yet praise Thee more and more. My mouth shall show forth Thy righteousness and Thy salvation all the day, for I know not the numbers thereof. I will go in the strength of the Lord God. I will make mention of Thy righteousness, even of Thine only. O God, Thou hast taught me from my youth. Hitherto have I declared Thy wondrous work. in in all of this, David or the psalmist, we don't actually even know if this is David writing, we assume it is. The psalmist just praising the Lord. I want to show my righteousness. You've done so much from my youth, even until now. When I was a little baby, you brought me out of my mother's womb. I will praise thee. I have so much to praise thee for. Uh, The righteousnesses that you have, I have so much to give. I have so much. I remember the greatness. Let's go back to my Christmases my parents had proven themselves over and over and over and over again to be really great gift givers so guess what every year I had an eager anticipation every year and I would look back at the previous year and go oh man they got me that last year what are they going to get me this year I remember the greatness. I remember how wonderful it was. Hear me, the same is true with God. We sing songs in church and maybe you sing them and don't even know what they mean or don't even care what they mean. Listen, we sing about the greatness of God. How great thou art. Do we mean that? Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father. Do we mean it or are we just singing it? Do we believe it? Do we remember the greatness? Listen, God has proven himself time and time and time and time and time again to work in his children's best interest. Oh, maybe in the moment you were thinking, what are you doing, God? What are you trying to accomplish? But as we allow God to work, you know that it has happened time and time again. He's been faithful. The problem is this, we forget. My wife often tells me that I have selective hearing, which I disagree with vehemently. But here's the reality, every one of us, hear me, every one of us has selective memory. We just remember what we want to remember. And this is why the psalmist so vehemently declares in verse 14, I will hope, what, continually. He doesn't stop there, and will yet praise thee, what, more and more. It's, it's an intentional decision to keep praising, to keep hoping, to keep praising, to keep hoping. Why? Because praising God for his past accomplishments helps us remember that he is worthy. He is faithful. He is just. And if you're in the habit of writing things down, write this down. If you want to change your mindset, praise God for all that he's done. Praise God for all that he's done. You say, Pastor Yelm, he's never done anything amazing in my life. Just take your Bible. Just take your Bible and start going through the Bible and looking at all the amazing things God has done. Don't miss this. Pay attention right here. Pay attention right here. Start going through your Bible. Praising God for everything that he's done. Maybe not for you, but for everything else. Listen, and what will happen is you will begin to hope again that God could do that again. Go back through history and look, I mean, I'm talking the last 100, 200 years, and look at what God did, revival after revival after revival, and think, God could do it again. But listen, if he doesn't, it doesn't matter. All I know is I'm going to trust God. I'm going to love God. I'm going to pursue God. God is going to be my fortress. He is going to be my strength. He is the one who I'm going to look to. It's not what I'm looking for. My hope is in God, and I'm going to praise him continually for how good he is. God wants to do incredible awe-inspiring things, things that you can never imagine through you. He wants to do it, but he can't. Hear me, he can't if we won't trust him. Hear me, God will do amazing things. Don't miss that. But he wants to do them through you. But he can't do them through you if you don't trust him. If you don't trust him, and if we don't hope in him. God, listen, think about Moses. Wow, split the Red Sea. Oh, man, I mean, manna, quail. Listen, amazing things, right? If it wasn't Moses, guess what? It would have been somebody else. You understand that? God wants to do it through you. Through you. But you got to trust him. So let me ask you, what are you hoping in? What are you hoping in today? It's Just after Christmas, Our, the highest hope season is now past and now we look to a new year. Do you believe hope is possible? Do you believe a mindset can change? I hope you do. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, thank you so much for all you do for us. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Father, I pray that you would help us with our mindset. Father, the reality is that so many of us have lost hope. Because we've been putting it in some thing instead of you. So, Father, please help us to draw our mindset back to you. Help us to praise you. Help us to trust you. Like the psalmist said in Psalm 71. Thank you for your word. All that it means, Father, if there's one here today that's never trusted you as personal Savior, they've never realized their need of salvation, then I pray that today would be that day. They would know you. We pray all these things in your name. I'm not just going to ask you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. I don't know if you do this. I don't know if you've done it in a while. Maybe today you need to take a pen and a piece of paper out and just write, I will trust in God, and I will praise him for all he's done. I want hope in God. Whatever your decision needs to be today, I hope you'll take some time and write it down. We're going to give you some time to do that right now. I hope you've taken some time to talk to the Lord and make a decision uh, this morning. I hope it's a help to you, and I hope you will continue to hope. I really do. Um, transitioning a little bit, I want to um, ask for prayer uh, for myself this week. Uh, Christina Azmi has passed away uh, this week, and the funeral is on Tuesday, and I, I'm preaching that funeral, and I, I'm sure there'll be some unsaved people there, and so I'm asking for your prayer there, and then on Thursday, um, last Thursday, uh, my grandmother, my other grandmother passed away, so um, I'm going to preach that funeral as well, and I know some unsafe family members will be there, and so if you would just pre- please pray for me um, as, I, as I do that, so uh, just praying that the Lord would work things out, and that we'd have an awesome opportunity to present the gospel, and so if you would pray for that this week, I would really appreciate that. Um, we know that she's in heaven. We know Christine's in heaven. We're, we're rejoicing. Uh, Christine's not suffering anymore. She had a very difficult last couple of years. And uh, my grandmother had brain cancer. She's not suffering anymore. Uh, she's in heaven. We know it. And so we're just so grateful. Uh, so don't, don't feel bad for us. Just pray for us that God would do something spectacular through these people's lives. All right? Um, and then again, just reminder, no uh, small groups this week. Uh, no, no prayer meeting. We're not going to meet for prayer meeting, but I ask again for those who come on Wednesday night and even everybody, if you would just take some time and pray on Wednesday, uh, that would be helpful as well. And then uh, we'll see you again next Sunday. And uh, praising the Lord for a new, new year. All right, that's all I have for you today. Thank you so much for being here. Enjoy the rest of your day. You are dismissed.